Yes, it's once again another installment of Velvet Al Watches Movies So You Don't Have To. This week I am watching Trailer Park Shark, which if you don't know but could probably guess from the title, is a sci-fi original movie. They love movies about sharks with ridiculous plots. Um, There's a description. I'm not even going to bother to read it. I'm assuming it's a shark and he goes into a trailer park. And it's got Tara Reid from the famous Sharknado um, franchise, which I still don't understand how Sharknado became, like, the big pop culture phenomenon that it is. Other than our nation has a collective love of Ian Ziering that we refuse to admit, but we do. So, but Tara Reid... I think that was kind of like a high point of her career, wasn't it? <laughs> she just came out of nowhere with Big Lebowski and American Pie, then fell off the face of the earth, popped back up with Sharknado, and now she's got Trailer Park Shark, which has not spawned a franchise. But again, to my point, like Sharknado, I don't think was really all that like different from the other like sci-fi movies about sharks. But it somehow just became a big thing and spawned all these sequels that just upped the ridiculous factor, which I love. Because the thing is, with a lot of these sci-fi original movies, they actually are kind of on the boring side, except for like a couple scenes that are, scenes that are just like, wow. Because see, I don't really believe that it's just like enough for a movie to be so bad that it's good. Those movies are boring. And this whole, like, idea that they're good just comes from people, like, kind of sitting around being drunk and being all Mystery Science Theater 3000 on it, making fun of it. Like, yeah, it's a fun game, but the movie itself is boring. Like, I like movies that just go balls out and just throws in every crazy shit they can think of. Now, those are entertaining films. So, the Sharknado sequels went with that, and they were, like, super fucking entertaining. Sharknado 1... Like, eh, kind of entertaining because, you know, it's got Ian Ziering with a chainsaw. And like I said, our nation has a collective love of Ian, Ian Ziering. It's something subconscious in us. So I don't think he's in this one, but we got Tara Reed and we've got a trailer park. So I've never watched Trailer Park Boys. So if they do have like some sort of cameo in this, I won't know because I don't know who any of them are. So, on with the movie. So, the movie wastes no time. First, it shows us a trailer park. And then it shows us a shark. So, if nothing else, you can't accuse this film of false advertising. Because right from the beginning, it lives up to its title. Trailer Park Shark. So, I like movies that are direct like that. So, there's this crazy old guy who kind of sounds like Larry the Cable Guy. And maybe it is Larry the Cable Guy in disguise. And he's got this plan to hook up the town's, or the park's power grid to a windmill so that they can live off the grid. You know, don't have to worry about, you know, the government oversight and all that. Though they're using wind power. Hmm. Interesting. You would think that they would be against, like, solar power, but... I don't know. I mean, I guess that's just 
a stereotype of trailer park trash. Which, look, the film is already making the stereotype of them being trailer park trash, because they are the fucking trashiest people I've seen. And this guy looks like Larry... He looks and sounds like Larry the Cable Guy in disguise. So, they're trailer park trash. And he says, I'm feeling lucky today. Which, as you know, is always the kiss of death. Like, mm, ironic. Because, yes, a shark. The, the shark. A shark. The shark. Because I'm thinking there's only one shark. Otherwise, it would be trailer park sharks. Although there might be. There could always be a plot twist coming up where there's more than one shark. But for now, I'm assuming there's just the one shark. And he eats this fake Larry the Cable Guy impersonator. And the guy's nephew is uh, running off in, on his jet ski. And it's raining. And he's like, oh no. And then the film stops. And he's, we've got the internal monologue or narration whatever you refer to call it. And he's like, I'm in... I don't know. Damn. He had such a good, like, euphemism for I'm in deep shit. And I can't remember it now. And I'm upset. Something about, like, being in a crapper at Mardi Gras or something. It was great. It was almost poetic. And I've forgotten it. I am disappointed in myself. But, so then everything reverses... It rewinds because that's not the beginning of the story. This is probably towards the end. The shark has come. So I guess we're going to learn more about life in this trailer park before the shark arrives. So our hero, Mr. Greasy Hair, is walking us through the park. And there's like an incestuous couple and a slut that is willing to bang him if she fixes her refrigerator or something. And there's one black guy in the park, and he's cooking ribs. Hooray for stereotypes, you know? Sometimes stereotypes are true. And really, you know, they always make this big deal of, like, oh, you know, black people and ribs and stuff like that. But, you know, ribs are good. So, you know, there's no shame in barbecuing some ribs. Is that even really, like, that much of a black thing? I don't know. I like ribs. And then Tara Reed is being shaken down by an even greasier looking dude. So Mr. Greasy Hair, he's the hero type, so he pays whatever money she owes for whatever she owes. I don't really know. I didn't really... They didn't even really say. She just needed to pay something. And he pays it for her, because he's a good guy. And he's not even banging Tara Reed. He's banging some other girl. But I'm sure the other girl's going to get eaten by a shark. And him and Tara Reed are going to live happily ever after in the stomach of a shark. Mr. Greasy Hero goes to see his uncle. And he's talking about his dreams. About how one day he dreams to leave this trailer park and buy a house. One that has a basement. It's a good dream to have. It's a good dream. But his uncle is all crazy redneck. <laughs> Doesn't matter where you are, it's who you are. Some nonsense. But they're going off on their adventure, which I think is to start the plan of stealing electricity from somewhere else. Then the greasy er, bad guy, he's chasing some fat fuck because 
I guess he holds child support for something to someone. I don't know why he, I mean, is he doing it on the behalf of his wife or daughter or something? I don't know. Because I don't know the relationships between these people and what they are. But then all while they're fighting and the black guy comes, he's kind of dressed a little minstrelly for my taste, but he's trying to calm everyone down and get everyone to be on the same page. And the women, they start, you know, cat fighting, then turn into a discussion of how they're going to save the park or something with electricity. And I don't know, apparently Tara Reid, actually I'm not even sure that is Tara Reid, but I'm going to say it's Tara Reid until I find someone else that is actually Tara Reid. Because I can't quite tell, it kind of looks like her, but I don't know if she's a good enough actress to lose herself into the role like this. But apparently she once let a guy tongue punch her fart box, which is great. I love that phrase. I've heard that phrase before, and I thought, like, my old co-worker had just made it up. But apparently it's a phrase that people use, and I think it's a fabulous phrase. And then another girl is talking about how Greasy Hero installed an air conditioner in her car. And we get a shot, and, okay, I chuckled. It's like an actual, like, air conditioner, like a window air conditioner just put into the window of the car. I laughed in spite of myself. I'm not proud. It's not my proudest moment to laugh at this joke. Hey, Mr. Belding's in this. I'm always happy to see him get work outside of the Save by the Bell franchise. Why do they not take advantage of him? He's, he's funny. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. He was like, it's like how Full House is like a terrible show, but John Stamos actually has like comedic chops and you just kind of feel bad that he's really funny and Bob Saget's really funny and the show around them is just fucking horrible. That's how I feel about Mr. Belding. He is hilarious. And he's just in the worst fucking show ever. Is he on the new Save by the Bell? I don't know. I don't care. I haven't bothered. But here, here he's a greedy business guy who wants to get rid of all the hillbillies on the lot. But he can't because, you know, he can't do it legally because they have rights and stuff. Like, you can't just kick them out of the town. So he devises a plan. They're going to blow up the levee because their big storms headed the way their way. And so the levee will blow up and it'll completely wash out the trailer park. And since it's during the levee, they're just going to think that, or since it's during the storm, they'll think the levee just broke because of a natural disaster and not because he fucking blew it up. Um, my question on the plan is like, but won't this also completely fucking ruin the land? So like, what's his plan? Like, is it more valuable for him to be a fucking, like, just mud pit of what it's going to become? And also, was this the plan with Hurricane Katrina? I mean, as Kanye told us, George Bush doesn't care about black people. So maybe this was just a plot. They actually blew up the levees on purpose to kill all the black people. Much like how Mr. Belding wants to kill the hillbillies. I don't know. It's kind of plausible. So he has his henchmen sent. He sends his henchmen with a van full of explosives. And they're supposed to wait, I think, until the height of the storm. But, you know, the henchmen don't, don't want to get stuck. Because seriously, like, you know, 
by that point, it's going to be like a fucking mud pit. And you're probably going to get stuck trying to get out of there. So they go at the beginning of the storm. And when it's just started raining. And they set off the explosion. And the one guy didn't get that get out of the way in time. So he's dead from the CGI explosion. The very bad CGI explosion. But I don't think I have to qualify very bad effects because it's a sci-fi original movie. So that's just a given that all the effects are going to be horrible. Problem is, like, these effects are never, like, horrible to the point of really being funny, in my opinion. They're just bad looking, but they're not spectacularly bad looking. Like, there's this one movie, and I wish I could remember it, but it was, like, some just rip-off of The Incredible Hulk, and I think it was, like, The Incredible Bulk or something, and the entire special effects throughout the whole movie looked like the test screenings, the test scenes that you'll see, like, on deleted scenes for Marvel movies before the special effects are fully made, but that was the final project for this movie, and it was fucking hilarious. Here are these sci-fi channel special effects that are kind of like, eh. Like, they're obviously bad, but they're not bad enough. They're not funny bad. But so, the explosion happens. And this is right now back to the beginning of the film. Where, um, Greasy Uncle is trying to connect the cable. And Greasy Hero, he's on his jet ski. And the shark comes and eats his jet ski. Because... If I've learned anything from movies, it's that sharks are the goats of the sea and will eat anything. Okay, it went into an ad break, and when it came back, I feel like it just skipped some part of the movie. Like, not much, but like a few minutes, because all of a sudden, like, you just see one of the trailers, like, flipped over, and, like, this one girl stuck in there, and she's just kind of drowning and calling for help. And, I don't know, we just didn't see any damage of, like, the big, like, levee flood onto the trailer park. So, I don't know if it just, the streamer I'm watching on just kind of jumped over that. I don't know, I don't feel like rewinding and seeing if that's just the way it really is. So, anyhow, yeah, the trailer's flipped over. She's drowning. Meanwhile, Greasy Hero, he's being chased by the shark. But he holds out a cable, the cable that they were going to use to steal the electricity from the other town, and makes the shark chomp down on that, and it electrocutes, and there's fire everywhere. So, I'm assuming that shark's dead. I don't know. So, I don't know if we still have the same shark, and he survived that, or if he just died, and there's another shark coming. Because, now back, the rain has stopped. So... I don't know, next day or whatever, and she's still drowning. She's managed to not drown, but she's screaming for help. And then the greasier guy, the guy who I thought was a bad guy, but he doesn't seem so bad now. He comes to try to save her, and he doesn't know how he's going to get to her. But luckily, his horse can swim. And he buckles up on his horse and rides over to the trailer and manages to get her out. But oh no, here comes the shark. And he's out of guns. Or, he's not out of guns. He's out of bullets. Because he's tried shooting at the shark and he missed. Because he didn't know where the shark was. Because the girl was very bad at, like, giving directions on where the shark was. So he finally sees the shark. So he charges it 
forward at it on his horse. He's going to save the day. Oh, no, of course he's not going to save the day. The shark eats his horse. Doesn't eat him because, I mean, I guess there's only so much the shark can eat. So you're safe for now, but your horse, I will tip my 40 to your horse. Um, Does that even make sense? Whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm going to pour out 40 and tip my hat to your horse. But Greasy Cowboy Dude is sad because, you know, his horse died. But luckily the girl, you know, tells him to man up and, you know, you just save someone's life. And now it's saved two lives because he also now saved the token black guy who was screaming for help in his trailer. So it looks like they're the only ones left as far as they can see in the flood. But Greasy Hero... He's on his little rowboat trying to find salvation, find someone who's alive. And this other girl, who I think kind of looks like maybe a park ranger or something, she's in her like little motorboat, and she's going to come and save him. But the shark is back. And Greasy Hero's like, what? How can that be? I electrocuted him. And the park ranger girl, she starts talking about eels and electric eels and how yummy they are. No, seriously, she just kind of goes on a tangent about how to make a perfect, like, electric eel pie or something. I don't know, but the shark, you know, he has electric powers now, I guess. And through some sort of science, causes the motor to catch on fire. So the motorboat's a no-go now. But then she... What happened? Um, my, my brain froze there. She hops into the little rowboat, and she's like, well, I'll be all right. Kiss of death. You do not say things like that, because as soon as she says it, shark jumps up and eats her. Goodbye, park ranger girl. We hardly knew ye. Over on top of some of the other trailers... Tara Reed and Fat Boy and his skank wife. I don't. I I don't know how to describe half these people, because they're all kind of skanky and gross and stereotypical. But yeah, so they're arguing because you know Tara Reed's a liberal for thinking that the storm was caused by global warming. How dare she? You know, it reminds me of a book I've been wanting to write. And by wanting to, like, it's an idea that floated in my head, but I don't feel like doing any of the actual writing. But someone should do a, bu a book about how creature features essentially are just all about, like, environmental dangers and, like, the tr problems of, like, when we destroy the environment. Because if you go all the way back to, like, Godzilla, he was created by, like, the atom bomb. And then you go something like Sharknado. Is just fucking like getting to the point where tornadoes are insane that they're picking up sharks. So there's an environmental message to creature features. And someone should write a book on that. Not me, because I'm too lazy. But so they decide they gotta, you know, try to find. Fat Boy and Skank are gonna like go off on their own because they don't want to deal with Tara Reed because she's a liberal. But Tara Reed's like, that's okay, someone will come by and save me. I bet it's Greasy Hero. Meanwhile, the henchman has gone back to Mr. Belding to tell him, like, okay, we blew it up. It's gone. 
it's just exactly as you planned. But, uh, one small tiny problem. I think someone saw me. So I think I forgot to mention, but Greasy Hero saw, uh, the henchman running. I don't know if he put two and two together on it, but he saw it and, well, this is no bueno. Potential witness. Mr. Belding doesn't like that. And while loading a shotgun, starts telling the henchman a story about some old partners of him, his, that became a problem. And when problems come along Mr. Belding's way, he takes care of them. And he not so subtly, not so subtly suggests that his old partners are now his boots. My God, you're a fucking treasure, Mr. Belding. You're a national treasure. It is criminal the way we've underused you in film and television and entertainment media all around. I love you, Mr. Belding. I love you. Our greasy hero's in his lifeboat. It's one of those plastic ones, and it gets snagged on a tree. So he's trying to figure out, like, oh, no, how am I going to fix this hole in my boat? So he's looking through his supplies, and there's a bologna sandwich, and he tries that. That doesn't work. Good effort, dude. Good effort. But luckily, there is some duct tape. So he puts the duct tape over the hole, and it's fixed. And then, for reasons I'm not entirely sure, he wraps his entire hand in duct tape. I don't know if he got a cut, and he figured that was the best way of dealing with it, because he doesn't have band-aids. I don't know why he needed to wrap the whole hand up. Maybe he just wants, like, a fucking duct tape fist to punch the shark the next time he sees him. That's a possibility. I'm not going to rule that out as a possibility. In fact, I will give this movie praise if it features him punching the shark with his duct tape fist. Meanwhile, over where Tara Reed and the fat boy and his skank are, uh, fat boy's still calling for his dog. Did I mention he was calling for his dog? Well, he's looking for his dog, and his dog happens to be floating by on top of his doghouse that's floating. So, the dog is safe, the dog is safe, but Fatboy sees, like, a tail or something in the water. So he has to save his dog from, well, it's gotta be a gator, right? Because they're in a trailer park in Swampland. It's gotta be a gator. So, he takes off his shirt to go swimming, because he's fat. And I'm not saying that you know, fat people need to take their shirts off to swim. I just mean in movies, they love fat people to take off their shirts. Because it's funny, I guess. And so he jumps in the water, but the shark. Because, yeah, of course, the tail was a shark, not a gator. This is not Trailer Park Gator. It's Trailer Park Shark. Is coming by. And remember, the shark has electric current. Which causes electric current to go through the water. And he gets shocked. And Fat Boy's knocked unconscious. And the girls are screaming, ah! And Skank holds out an antenna to try to grab him. But, again, electric current in the water. So it causes her to electrocute and she uh, convulses and stuff. Not too bad. Not deathly convulsions, but enough to make her dance to Macarena. No, seriously. Like, the electric shock causes her to dance to Macarena. And apparently they couldn't get the rights to the Macarena, because then a song starts playing that sounds kind of like Macarena. But it's about cerveza. So, 
I don't know. Like, is it really that expensive to get the rights to use Macarena? I mean, I guess they used up their entire budget on a computer shark, so. But then the shark comes, he eats Fat Boy, and Skank's crying, but she thinks she's going to be okay. And then the shark eats Skank. Shark leaves Terrace Reed alone, because I guess, you know, he's eaten enough. I don't know. How much is enough for the shark? Like, you know, the shark eats some people and then leaves other people that are right there in the vicinity alone and goes off and then eats again. I don't know. It's, I mean, I guess my knowledge of shark eating comes from that game Hungry Shark. And, you know, you eat something like if it's bigger, then it keeps your energy up for a while. If you eat something small, it's only a little bit of energy and then your energy is just depleting. So then you have to start eating what's around you, so maybe, you know, Fat Boy and Skank has fulfilled his energy, and now he's going off swimming, and then when his energy depletes again, he's just going to eat the first person he sees. I guess that's how it works. Greasy Hero is, you know, going along, and he comes across a overturned camper, and on top of it, it's Tara Reed. So I was wrong. The other character that I thought was Tara Reed wasn't actually Tara Reed. I knew she wasn't a good enough actress to lose herself that much into a role, but she kind of looks like Tara Reid. But no, this is the real Tara Reid, who seems to kind of just be there. I I don't know if she even really... Ha- I mean, I guess it's too soon to say if she has much of a part in this film, but she just seems like a very, like, ancillary character. She's just kind of there catching stuff that comes along, and, you know, Greasy Hero tells her, like, be careful, there's a shark out there. And she's like, the weatherman didn't say there was a tornado. Ha 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 That was a fake laugh. I did not actually laugh at that. But get it? Because she was in Sharknado. So, yeah, they had to throw a reference to it there. But he gets an oar and a gun from her so that he can, you know, steer his ship better and steer his boat, his little dinghy that's what it's called right it's a dinghy it's like it's a little rowboat that's plastic so yeah it's a dinghy his little dinghy ha 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 so but he's got an oar so he can row it row it now and he's got a gun so he's all set and will we see tara reed again in this film i mean hopefully i mean like the fucking picture for it like gives her top billing and granted she's like the only person with, like, an actual, like, name value in it. But if they only got her for, like, this little scene... And it's not like, you know, like the original Little Shop of Horrors movie where Jack Nicholson became, like, a huge star afterwards, so they had to, like, re-release it pretending that he was the star of it, even though he was only in it for, like, two minutes. Or Alice Sweet Alice where Brooke Shields dies in, like, the first five minutes, but then she became famous afterwards, so they had to re-release it and be like, starring Brooke Shields! So, you know, Tara Reid just has a cameo in it, and starring Tara Reid! I mean, again, I'm still only halfway through this movie, so there could be more Tara Reid. The Hunchmen arrive on jet skis, so they're there to survey the damage. And make sure there's no witnesses or survivors. Or, you know, they need to make sure there's no survivors, but mostly those survivors would be witnesses. 
I'm not really sure what their plan is. If they do find a survivor, do they just kill them? Because then that will bring up some questions once the bodies are found during the cleanup. But, yeah, those bodies probably won't be found for, like, a few years. Because that's what we remember from Hurricane Katrina. Government isn't going to do shit. Or do they try to be, you know, like heroes? Like, we saved two people. So, don't look at Mr. Belding as if he did something wrong. Because, truly, he cared about the people and he went and saved them. Really, that should be... I mean, obviously... Greasy hero, he's a witness, so he knows what's going on. But if you find other survivors, you should save them. Because then that looks good. Except how did you know that the levee broke? Because apparently no news station knows this. Hmm. You know, there's a lot to this plan. This plan is a lot more complicated than I would have expected, really. Now, Greasy hero has arrived to the spot where the uh, not-greasy hero, or the greasy not-hero, the other guy, who's also very greasy, the black guy, and one of the skanks, I don't know. I don't know whose skank is whose. There's, there was two black-haired skanks, one of them's dead now, so this is the other black-haired skank. And I think she's uh, the greasy hero's wife or girlfriend or something. And they're talking, and... You know, they're all worried because, you know, how are they going to get out of there? Because, you know, they haven't seen any rescue copters or anything yet. So does anyone even know that there's been this big tragic event? But unfortunately, the little dinghy isn't enough to fit four people. And there's a shark on the loose. And then Mr. Belding is hunting. I don't know what he's hunting. He's just... I think he's more just preparing... He's got his sniper rifle and a crossbow. Not a crossbow. One of those fancy hunting bows. You know, the ones that shoot like 17 arrows at once. Hawkeye would be proud. No, actually, Hawkeye is like old-fashioned. He shoots one arrow at a time. So I don't know if he's preparing to hunt any survivors. Mr. Belding, that is, not Hawkeye. Hawkeye does not hunt survivors. He's a good guy. Mr. Belding, however, oh, bless his heart, he's a fucking treasure, I love him. Why can't this whole movie just be Mr. Belding? Now we're at Tara Reed's camper. The real Tara Reed, not the uh, girl that I thought was Tara Reed, but isn't Tara Reed. And it's good to know that they're going to get their money's worth out of Tara Reed, you know, more than just the one scene. And I don't think she's wearing a bra, which... It's fantastic. Um, too bad it's sci-fi, so, you know, she's not going to lose the top. But that would be great. That would make the movie even greater. So, she's there. She's trying to fish something out of the water, which it looks like the water level is, like, starting to go down. Which is good. That will help people. They'll be able to run on mud. But, more importantly, the shark will not be able to swim through that mud. So they can get through. They'll just have to deal with gators, probably. But anyhow, the shark has come for Tara Reed. And she has a chainsaw, because, you know, Ian Zaring and the chainsaw. Sharknado, another callback. 
Um, I don't remember if there was any scene where Tara Reid got to use the chainsaw. I think there might have been. But so she's trying to use the chainsaw, but not so successful, and a shark eats her. So, yeah, I'm glad they really got their money's worth out of Tara Reid for two scenes. I think she had a total of, like, five minutes in this movie. But since she's Tara Reid, she will get top billing. Even though, you know, top billing should go to Mr. Belding. Because every film should give him top billing, even if he's not actually in it. Because he's Mr. fucking Belding. Now the henchmen get their jet skis up to the camper where the fake Tara Reid is. Who I think might be wearing a bra. But her Daisy Duke shorts are open enough to see her panties. So there's that. You know, when you got a crappy movie like this, this is the type of stuff you then start focusing on because, like, there's not a plot or likable characters or anything. But, you know, they don't rescue her. Even though, again, that would be a great plan. Just rescue someone, have a survivor, and that makes it, Mr. Belding look good. Like, we went out and tried to rescue the survivors, and this is who we saved. We at least saved someone. Mr. Belding's a good-hearted person. Let him keep the land and kick everyone off or whatever the plan is to just now have, like, a complete mud lot. <laughs> like, I still don't fully understand the plan. But, you know, they just, they harass her and knock her off into the water and leave, like, ha, ha, ha. And they don't believe her story that there's a shark out there. Which true, you know. Why would you think a shark would be near a trailer park? But there is one. Meanwhile, Greasy Hero is telling the other people that he knows who's behind it. Because he saw the lead henchman. Because he's someone that they all know. And they know that Mr. Belding is behind us trying to get everyone off the lot. And he even caught the henchman on camera. Which I gotta say, I don't think he actually caught the henchman blowing it up just him being in the vicinity and um did Gre does greasy hero even know that an explosion happened so it could have it's all circumstantial at this point really but the camera's been eaten by the shark but on the bright side because you know you can find all sorts of sh crazy shit in the shark's stomach because it digests things very slowly there's a very good chance that that camera's still there, intact. So all they have to do is get the shark, and kill it, and then get into its belly. Hopefully in that order. It's a crazy plan that the other greasy guy, the not our hero, but he's not the villain either, because he's starting to show that he's a good, kind-hearted soul. He starts giving a speech, and I don't know if it's just Deep Blue Sea has now just conditioned me to this, but every time in a shark movie, someone starts, like, giving the rallying speech, I'm waiting for a shark to just jump out and eat that person. And it did not happen here. So I am very, very disappointed. Unfortunately, you know who overhears this conversation? The lead henchman. So he knows that they know. So he's going to have to take them out. And he gets his walkie-talkie. Because he's about to call it in. The dog is still floating on his doghouse. Like a sad Snoopy stuck in a 
storm and a flood. Okay, it sounded much better in my head, and then it came out, and the words were just like, nope, they're not as good as you thought they were going to be. And it looks like the shark's going to eat them, but no, the shark ignores them. So I don't know if the shark has respect for dogs or doesn't like the taste of dogs. But either way, this is like the second time he's just ignored the dog. Meanwhile, the other two henchmen are still circling around fake Tara Reed, terrorizing her. Um, I don't know if they're thinking if they just keep swirling around her long enough, she'll drown. And one of them hits her with his jet ski to make her bleed and get a concussion. Because, you know, the blood's going to attract the shark. And the shark will eat her, and it makes their job easier, I guess. Not a well-thought-out plan, because then you have to try to outrun the shark on your jet skis. And good luck with that. This is a fucking super shark with electricity. And he comes by and sets off his electrical current charge that causes the jet skis to stop working. I don't know. They got electrocuted. I'm not exactly sure how the electric currents from this shark work. Or even how electric current works in real life either. I fell asleep that day in class. That whole week. That month. I don't know. I don't know how long we studied that for in school. I stopped paying attention. But so... What happened? <laughs> My mind just trails off like that. So, yeah. Um, Fake Terror Reed's, like, trying to swim back to a camper, and one of the henchmen's like, fuck this, I'll kill the bitch myself, and he jumps into the water with the knife. But, you know, ignoring the fact... I don't know if he... Maybe they just didn't notice that, you know, the shark is there. So he's like, I'm jumping in the water? Yeah, that's a good idea. With his knife, and he's gonna try to slit her throat or something, but Shark shoots another electric charge, and it knocks him silly. It stuns him. I, you know, it's not enough to electrocute him and kill him, so these aren't, like, super massive charges of current, but enough to knock him out and eat him. While fake Tara Reed manages to get to her camper, and... I don't know, because then it cuts away. So I don't know if she's safe. Is the shark going to eat her? Is the shark going to go after the other henchmen? These questions I do not know. Mr. Belding is at, his is at his pad, and he just looks so fucking cool. He's got a stuffed oscillate. And I don't know how I feel about that. I'm, I'm not really, like, fond of hunting and stuffing animals. But, I mean, if he killed the ocelot himself, that's kind of cool. Not really, but I like ocelots. I was hoping it was a real, like, living ocelot, and they just couldn't afford to actually get a real living ocelot. And so they just had a stuffed one, but it was supposed to be real. But no, I think it's supposed to be a stuffed ocelot. He would be such a cooler villain if he had, like, a pet ocelot. So anyways, because he's super villain, he calls his secretary... And tells her, like, oh, there's some damage around my trailer park, and the levee's broken, so 
raise the prices on all supplies nearby because he's going to price gouge them. He is truly evil. But then at that point, he gets the call in from on the walkie-talkie from the lead henchman. And he's telling them, there are survivors and a shark and video of me blowing up the levee. And the shark ate it. But the other guys are going to hunt it down to get the video. And Mr. Belding's just had enough. He's like, take care of it. And he then says to himself, you know, sometimes you want to have someone killed. You got to do it yourself. And then he pulls out a fucking samurai sword. Oh, Mr. Belding. Just Mr. Belding with a samurai sword. Can I reiterate just how awesome that is? I so hope he gets to use it. So the heroes come up with a plan that I don't fully understand. Mostly because I wasn't really paying attention. So, but it involves getting, like, some ribs that the black guy has, like, left in his cooler. And some beer kegs to do something. I don't know. But the black guy goes to get the ribs and the shark attacks. And he doesn't want them ribs. He wants the black guy's ribs. Because, uh, that's a very labored joke there. So I'm not even going to bother using the rest of the labor. <laughs> Putting any more effort into it. The shark eats the black guy. The thing I'm noticing is, like, every time they have a shot that's just the shark fin, it's, like, horrible CGI, like, superimposed on, like, the actual, like, water. Why didn't they just get, like, a fake shark fin? I can understand, okay, you can't afford, like, the fake shark, so for, like, the shots where you actually see the shark, you need to go with the CGI, but when it's just, like, the fin swimming through the water, surely you could have just bought in, like, a fake shark fin, right? It's not like you guys were going to go for realism anyhow in how it looks, so get, like, one of those toy shark fins that people put on their back and swim around pretending to be a shark, like, oh, no, I'm a shark, like that horrible little kid in Jaws, like, I'm a shark, I'm a shark, ha ha, I tricked you, and then the real shark comes and eats him. You deserve it. You deserve it. So, anyhow, and then the other guy, like, not Greasy Hero, but the other Greasy guy, he gets pulled down, and they think, like, oh no, he's been caught by the shark. But no, somehow his rope or whatever he was using got tied around the shark fin and now he's jet skiing with the shark which is actually kind of cool okay you got me there film you got me with jet skiing with a shark i love it i take back like you know i hated this guy at the beginning because i thought he was the villain but he fucking jet skiing with a shark for a little while and then he falls over and i think the shark ate him Fake Tara Reed makes it to the top of her camper, and at some point she lost her pants in the water, apparently. So, this film has learned well from Deep Blue Sea, which also featured towards the end a woman stripping down to her underwear, Saffron Burrows. Oh, yeah. Which was also dealing with something with electricity. My God, this film's just ripping off Deep Blue Sea all over the place.
not really. But every film should be Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea is a good film. But the lead henchman comes by on his jet ski and tells her to get on because, I don't know, he's going to take her and I don't know what he... He's planning something not so nice. And I'm guessing the other henchman is, must be dead too. We didn't really get to see him die, get eaten, because there's only so much budget they have for fake shark eating. And they just kind of went over it, I guess. Meanwhile, over with our heroes. Um, yeah, the plan worked, and I feel like I've lost brain cells watching it. And I'm worried that I'm going to lose more brain cells if I try to explain it. So suffice to say, beer kegs got attached to the shark, and now the shark is hanging from a tree. It's best if you do not ask and just go with it. Um, but since the shark is still shooting electric current, it knocks Greasy Hero into the water. And the girl is trying to save him, but coming along on one of those swamp boats. You know, the ones that have the giant fan that's propelling them. I don't know what they're called, but they're fucking awesome. And they're always used on the bayou. And it's Mr. Belding looking badass. Yeah, I bet you thought Mr. Belding couldn't ever look badass, but he looks fucking badass. Mr. Belding says... It's time to take out the trailer trash. Terrible one-liner, but because it's delivered by Mr. Belding, it's actually kind of awesome. And he pulls out his samurai sword. But then Greasy Hero comes out, and he's got a gun. And holy shit, I completely forgot he had the gun, like, from, like, forever ago that Tara Reid gave him. And he goes to pull the trigger. It's empty. Or so waterlogged that it doesn't work anymore. I don't know. Either way, no shooting happens. And Mr. Belding laughs maniacally and goes into a villain monologue. But then, remember, the shark is still f hanging from the tree and he's thrashing about and hits Mr. Belding with his tail. And hits him a second time. And apparently the second time that's enough to kill him. Or maybe he just gave him such a big concussion that he falls and he's going to drown. I gotta say, I've not seen, like, a shark movie have a shark kill happen by tail. I've, I don't know if I've ever seen anyone get killed by a shark tail in a movie before. I've seen people die from watching a shark's tail. But not seen anyone killed by a shark tail. Okay, that was a bad joke. No, I've never seen anyone die from a shark tail, but it was a bad movie. So, but Mr. Belding, dead by shark tail. So that's a point in the movie's favor. So Greasy Hero and his woman are about to leave right off into the sunset. But then Greasy Hero realizes the shark gets free and he goes on to eat other people. They can't have that happen. So they come up with a plan to, to tie a rope around the shark's tail and drag him to dry land where he'll suffocate and die. 
and then they can get the camera out of his belly. Not exactly the plan I would have gone with, considering that, you know, they have a samurai sword. Fucking slit that baby open. I mean, sure, you run the risk of the camera falling into the water. Well, first you just stab the shark enough times so that he dies, and then you drag him to somewhere dry where he could get the camera. But no, 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 I guess, uh, yeah, let's just try to drag him by the swamp boat. Spoiler alert, does not work. Shark's too powerful, but, and again, I'm just going to skip how exactly this happens because it's hurting my brain to try to unravel all this. The windmill kills the shark. No, seriously, that's what happens. to <laughs> Shark gets stuck in the rope and the windmill pulls him up and chops him up. And then somehow there's an explosion. Maybe because he's still, like, got the electric current through him. I'm not even sure where the explosion came from. And guts flying everywhere. But amazingly, the one thing that survived out of the shark's belly is the camera. Perfectly intact. So, yay, they're about to have a happy ending. But, oh, no, here comes the lead henchman on his jet ski. And he grabs the camera. And he's still got fake Tara Reed. And so they're chasing him down in the swamp boat. And then he hits a tree and gets impaled. But fake Tara Reed is safe. And now it's a happy ending because they're all together and I think they got the camera. I don't know. It kind of just ends there. They're all happy. And the greasy hero talks about how he just loves the trailer park now and he's going to stay. I mean, I imagine they'll probably move to a different trailer park because your trailer park's kind of fucking trashed right now, dude. Uh, but... Yeah, five minutes of Tara Reed and a lot of Mr. Belding just being Mr. Belding. So really, not enough Tara Reed and not enough Mr. Belding being Mr. Belding. He's awesome. Why have we... It is time for a Dennis Haskins renaissance. A belding sense or something. I don't know. Let's get his career going. He is brilliant. And he was the only thing worthwhile in this film. Nah, there was a couple good moments, I guess. All of them Mr. Belding with a samurai sword. I want that movie now. I want a movie that's just about Mr. Belding with a samurai sword. Give me this movie, Hollywood. That was Trailer Park Trash. This is Velvet Al. And if you managed to get to the end of this podcast you're probably wondering what you're doing with your life but i love you take care be good to one another